Isaiah 36, give your attention to the perfect word of God. In the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. And the king of Assyria sent the Rabkashakah from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem with a great army. And he stood by the conduit of the upper pool at the highway to the washer's field. And there came out to him Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder. And the Rabshakeh said to him, Say to Hezekiah, Thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you rest this trust of yours? Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you now trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting in Egypt, that broken reed of a staff, which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar? Come now, make a wager with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you 2,000 horses, if you, will, if you are able on your part to set riders on them. How then can you repulse a single captain among the least of my master's servants when you trust in Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? Moreover, it is without the Lord that I have come up against this land to destroy it. The Lord said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joash said to the Rabshakeh, please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it. Do not speak to us in the language of Judah within the hearing of the people who are on the wall. But the Rabshakeh said, has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you, and not to the men sitting on the wall, who are doomed with you to eat their own dung and drink their own urine? Then the Rabshakeh stood and called out in a loud voice in the language of Judah, Hear the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. Thus says the king, Do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he will not be able to deliver you. Do not let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord by saying, The Lord will surely deliver us. This city will not be given into the hand of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria. Make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat of his own vine and each his own fig tree, and each one of you will drink the waters of his own cistern until I come to take you away to a land like your own, a land of grain and wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware lest Hezekiah mislead you by saying the Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of the Sepharavim? Have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of these lands have delivered their lands out of my hands that the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? But they were silent and answered him not a word. For the king's command was, do not answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of the Rabshakeh. As soon as Hezekiah heard it, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, and Shebna, the secretary, and the senior priest covered with sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos. They said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this is a day of distress, of rebuke and of disgrace. Children have come to the point of birth, and there is no strength to bring them forth. 
It may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the Rebshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God and will rebuke the words that the Lord your God has heard. Therefore, lift up your prayer for the remnant that is left. When the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, thus says the Lord, Do not be afraid because of the words that you have heard, with which the young men of the king of Assyria have reviled me. Behold, I will put a spirit in him, so that he shall hear a rumor and return to his own land, and I will make him fall by the sword in his own land. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. Amen. I'm glad to know how unlikely it is that any of you will be burned at the stake, put on trial before church councils, or die as martyrs. In fact, few, if any of you, will even be called to missionary service in the hostile areas of the world. The proving ground of your faith won't be the subject of books or of movies. But your faith will need to get real. The proving grounds will be the areas of life that find ways to make you unsatisfied every day. It will be the depths of overwhelming loss, the exhausting complexity of raising children, the job opportunity that seeks to overthrow your convictions, the marriage you've resigned to always being a disappointment. Your faith will be proved by how you respond to the loved ones who sin against you, the dreams incompatible with your circumstances, the threats to your safety and security, the people, groups, and institutions that let you down. Isaiah 36 through 39 are different from what's come before in this book. Historical narrative rather than prophecy. This section is Isaiah's first-person perspective on historical events also recorded in 2 Kings 18 and 19. These events do read like a novel or a movie, more dramatic than anything in our own lives, yet also similar in the way that matters most. As another author puts it, we all are acting out of our belief. Isaiah is calling all of us to live out a daring faith whatever the opposition. He's raising the question, is faith just something for when Christ returns? Or does faith have work to do right here, right now? No one will make a movie about your work, your marriage, or your parenting. But don't our daily doubts of God's promises come in just those spheres? That's where we, just this week, maybe just this morning, responded in ways that were either faithful or faithless. What's happening in Judah, though more obviously dramatic, is the same. 